I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who has started joining me on the Stronger Podcast. This is my 10th episode. I can't believe I made it this far. I want to thank God, my family. Uh, Okay, I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, I don't know what exactly I was thinking when I kicked this off. It's been a dream of mine for a really long time, but I've put it off for so long, waiting for the perfect conditions or the perfect time in my life. I don't know, it's so easy to allow a bombardment of thoughts in my mind to almost paralyze me from doing anything. We tend to overthink. And so here we are, you and me again, the Stronger Podcast, resilience, stronger mental health and living a meaningful life. This is what I'm about and I tackle a range of topics that help promote these concepts. For the last two episodes, we've been talking about porn. I've done these episodes with Renee Yam, who is a sexologist and a professional counselor. She has authored a book, which I strongly recommend as it deals a lot with intimacy. I couldn't recommend her more. Also, she's available at her private practice to offer counseling sessions. You can do that from anywhere. You can do it in any country, which is amazing. They're online. So in the short little while that I've got with you, I want to present to you a thought around pornography. And I hope it'll encourage you and support you to live that meaningful life you've always wanted to. Are you ready for this thought? It's uncomplicated. It's simple. I wish I had something incredibly deep to convey. I don't. The thought I want to share is this delete the clutter. That's it. Delete the clutter. Pornography is clutter. I think it's clutter you don't need. Traditional approaches to pornography might include biases when it comes to faith or religion, or maybe even views on social justice. I'll give you a couple of examples just to highlight what I'm talking about. When I was in prison, it's obvious to say that initially it was all jarring. The experience was overwhelming and it took a little while to adjust to the trauma of what was exactly happening. It wasn't fun. I'm a male. I went to a male prison. So I'm around a lot of guys. In one prison, there was 8,000 men. There's a lot of guys to be around with for day after day, years after years. Eventually, I made friends, guys I could talk with and work out with, just whatever to keep the days moving while being locked up. It was interesting, but in the middle of this low point, I felt like I was a part of some of the most honest conversations I've ever had in my life. Amongst other things, the guys were honest about sex. My friends were more than happy to tell me what porn they liked, what was their favorite this and that, and they were more than happy to tell me about their best sexual encounters and what they still want to try and do. The dialogue was confronting, but the honesty was refreshing. In contrast, whether it was in a professional or a private setting, no one I knew spoke with that level of honesty. I didn't speak with that level of honesty. I don't think it's religion that cultures silence, but I think it's about what environment you grow up in that may have a huge influence in whether you're open about sex or not. My environment growing up from childhood right up to adulthood certainly didn't support openness. And I think there's a fine line between discretion and transparency, especially in the professional setting. I don't need to remind you of Harvey Weinstein or Bill Hybels or every other individual that has been exposed for a lack of judgment, lack of discernment. 
But on the other extreme, never speaking honestly with anyone, that is not good either. And again, sex is a triggering topic. Porn is a triggering topic. And so we need to approach it with a sense of discernment and a sense of sensitivity as well. So social justice, it seems like everyone is an online warrior of some sorts. When it comes to pornography, obviously there's a huge problem that includes everything from child exploitation, sexual violence to consent. And if this is something you're passionate about, I'm grateful for you and I thank you. The only addendum I'd like to add is that it is unlikely that anyone who is a compulsive porn user is gonna suddenly stop because of angry social media posts. Sad as it is, while we all appreciate that bad things happen, that doesn't stop behavioral choices. Just take a look at alcohol consumption or smoking. People still do it. Yeah, this is exploitation of people, yep. So is fast fashion and the ambiguity of conditions around those $5 t-shirts that we wear from Pakistan. We have a tendency to just not care. What about ethical porn? Never heard of it? <laughs> well, it's a novel solution to child exploitation and sexual violence. Basically, ethical porn is porn that is created by willing participants. It makes us feel guilt-free about our porn consumption, kind of like free-range eggs. Still eggs, but hey, at least no chickens were harmed in the development of this egg. So look, I don't have deep, profound things to say about your morality or your awareness of social issues when it comes to pornography. What I do want to point you towards is asking questions. Not even to other people. Ask yourself questions. Are you old enough to remember when life without mobile phones was a thing? Well, I do. Imagine this. I would wake up, eat breakfast, leave the house, and whether I was at school or at work, I'd come home and then maybe there was a message for me on the answering machine. Or maybe there was nothing. So if I wanted to know what was going on with someone, I'd have to call them, talk to them. How quaint. Sounds like an experiment. But that was real life. Now, I probably know what you ate for breakfast, what you did at the gym. Uh, even though I've never met you, you live in a different country. I probably know everything about you. And during the course of the day, our phones keep lighting up with messages and notifications and emails and updates and check-ins and pop-ups and reminders. And oh, it's so much, so much junk. Recently, I had an interesting encounter with Dr. Janet Taylor, who's a doctor of neurophysiology and senior research fellow at Neuroscience Research Australia. She shared with me a simple concept that was introduced by Donald Hebb in 1949 and is a neuroscientific theory called the Hebbian theory or Hebb's rule. Basically, this rule discusses the adaptation of brain neurons during the learning process to quote what Dr. Taylor paraphrased to me, cells that fire together will wire together. This means that on a cellular level, the persistence to fire cell A, that in turn fires off cell B, will induce a lasting change or stability to that process. What I'm saying here is this, if you keep doing something long enough, your body will learn to make that process a permanent process. You know how there's a saying, practice makes perfect? Well, it's not entirely true. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So if you learn a foreign language incorrectly every day for a year, you aren't going to perfect the language. You're just going to make your mistakes with that language permanent. So is porn a mistake? Well, 
On a couple of levels, it is. I've written about this in an article, but to discuss it briefly, here are three issues with porn. Number one, porn is like junk food. It's not going to kill you, literally, but then again, nor is a Big Mac. But did you watch that doco a little while back titled Super Size Me with Morgan Spurlock? It was definitely eye-opening. So spoiler alert, he gained 11 kilograms, 13% body mass increase, increases cholesterol, experienced mood swings, sexual dysfunction, fat accumulation. Porn is a quick fix. It's easy. It teaches us to be lazy consumers. Number two, we don't need to care. It's hard being a human at times, like we actually have to care about people. (laughs) What a mood killer. With porn, we don't need to care about consent. We don't need to care about another person's feelings. We don't need to care about sexual abuse or violence. We don't need to care about trafficking. We don't need to care about sexual diseases. Porn teaches us to be selfish and as selfish as we want in our sex lives. Number three, it's like cocaine without the prison part. Why are drugs so awesome? Because you get to feel like you're in a dreamlike state and have not a care in the world. Porn is basically the same. Your brain dumps a ton of dopamine because you're hacking it to believe that you're living your best life. Similar to every drug out there, your brain, the irritating blob that it is, gets used to the fix whether it's weed or porn, and you need more of it to get the same result. A friend of mine fessed up to me that one day he was high on cocaine, had been masturbating with porn for 12 hours straight. He describes coming down from that to be like going down to the lowest of lows mentally. That's a reality for a lot of people. But more than even all of that, the biggest issue, a cluttered mind. You will literally, after years teaching your mind what sex is like for your body, you will teach it on a cellular level. And when that practice becomes permanent in the form of stabilized paths of neuroplasticity, that's it. That's how sex will work for you. You will need porn to get aroused. You will need porn to stay aroused. And you will need porn to have an orgasm. You won't just want it. You will need it. I hope that makes sense for you. So in contrast, when you are physically with your partner, your brain will literally be going at a million miles per hour, trying super hard to stimulate itself. The reason why is because your practice of porn, free range or caged, whatever, has taught you that you need all of that clutter to engage in sexual pleasure. I'm not sure about you, but I don't like clutter. I don't like it in my car. I don't like it in my house. I don't like it in my mind. I like being outdoors, fresh air. Maybe it was a prison thing, but it's all of us, I think. Look, this podcast is literally about stronger mental health. And part of that is being able to have a clear mind so that your thought life takes you up and forward, not down and backwards. So that's it. That's what I want to convey. Delete the clutter. Porn will clutter your mind, suffocate you. Yes, it's an industry which is trying to sell you something. Yes, it has abuse and ugly things. Yes, it might be against your values. But if all of those thoughts haven't gotten through to you yet, and you still find yourself a little stuck, maybe this might be the reminder on what's really going on with you and why porn is such a big part of your life. I was part of a research study at university recently, which was examining the relationship between sexually explicit material and violence towards women. 
It asked me to define my relationship to pornography. And here's the thing, you might feel like you only watch it once a week and you're not as bad as the woman that watches it every day, but that is still a relationship. It's once a week, but it's a relationship. I'm not here to judge. You're free to do whatever you like, but I can almost guarantee you that having clarity of mind when it comes to your sex life will dramatically improve your sex life. All those things that porn eludes to improve in your life are actually the very thing it will erode. Your stamina will be worse. Your arousal will be worse. Your clarity of mind will be worse. Your hypocrisy will be worse. Your concepts of consent will be worse. Your expectations will be worse. Your time management will be worse. Your sexual relationship with your partner will be worse. It's a pretty bleak outlook. And again, this has nothing to do with emotions or fairy dust. This is just basic brain plasticity that none of us can run away from. And no, you're, you're not smarter than anyone else. You just might be really good at compartmentalizing yourself, which is not a great trait. Different compartments, you flip in and out of different personalities. So this is what I want to say to you today. Try this. Try to delete the clutter. Just the same way that we can get so refreshed from taking a holiday, maybe it's time you took a holiday away from screens. Are you able to do it? Can you separate a screen from your sexual pleasure? You might feel like you can't. Or maybe you're listening to me and saying, duh, of course these disgusting people who are addicted to porn should be able to stop looking at their screens. Well, to those of you who this seems really obvious and should be really easy, I'd say, how about you stop looking at your screens for the next week ahead? Can you do that? Nope, I didn't think so. You're not leaving the house and leaving your phone at home, going to work, coming back, and then having a conversation. That's a really hard thing for you to do. You might have a million reasons why you can't, but so does the person who's wired together porn to their sexual identity. It's not that easy. But I believe you can do it. I believe you can. I know because I've done it and it's been so good for my soul. I am more clear and free than I've ever been in my life. It took a lifetime of sexual dysfunction and undid it with a detox that my brain soaked up like a thirsty man drinking water. My brain wanted to be clear of junk. And you'll find the same for you too. Delete the clutter. Hey, thank you again for joining me for this 10th episode. I hope you're loving The Stronger Podcast. I appreciate it when you write to me, share this podcast to your socials and community. I hope you found this series on sex and the mind helpful and I'm planning on circling back to this again in a few months because I've had so many comments and questions around it. I've been intentional in the way I've approached it and it seems like that has really resonated with listeners like yourself. Don't forget to have a read of my article on pornography titled Three Reasons Why Porn Is So Good on my website, jeremiahjacob.com. This is a safe place. Keep moving forward, delete the clutter from your mind and life and watch yourself flourish. Remember, you're stronger than you think.